Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, or welcome to, you've still been uh, sleeping and got up, tune in. Hot. I'm going to record that. That's all I got to say. Hot. And it's not stopping. And you just heard the weather report say, it's going to get worse. <sighs> oh, well. Got to learn how to deal with it, how to overcome it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, we will see a break in the weather at some point. Not sure when that's going to be, but... We'll see. Let's go to the phone. This is Rick. Rick, what can I help you with? Uh, yes, sir. I had a uh, situation where, uh, pertaining to my backyard, I had to basically just overlook my backyard for about the last four to five years. I had to do the in-home health care with my wife. I lost her two years ago. And my backyard has suffered. I had weeds up over the fence, I was afraid HOA, the neighbors were going to call HOA on me because it looked like a rainforest back there. So I did get a guy to come in and uh, just just mow the weeds and pick up pick up and bag the, the what he uh, mowed. My question is, my backyard, I'm from West Texas, and my backyard looks like a very good candidate for a house in West Texas. So I'd like to know... Should I do uh, grass seed or do, it's just bare dirt, absolutely bare dirt back there now. Should I do grass seed or, or do I need to do a pallet of like the sod? I'm not sure what would work best. Well, what you're going to do right now is nothing. With this kind of heat, you will be wasting a lot of money to put down sod or even seed. It is too hot for either one of those to take right now. Now, okay. come September, come September, if we start getting cooling weather, if we start getting rain, that would not be a bad time to address it. In now, September, okay. What do you do? What do you do? Seed or sod? Okay, tough call. If you're going to do seed, Bermuda seed uh, needs warmer temperatures to root, to germinate, to start becoming grass. To do that, um, you will have to worry about how soon is it going to cool off. I, I know I make that sound like it's a problem. It is not. Um, but if it gets too cool, the Bermuda won't germinate and you're going to have a lot of bare ground. So if you want to do seed, you're going to have to kind of be ready to go as soon as the temperatures are not in the hundreds and we're getting some rain. And that should allow you to get the Bermuda to come back and start growing before we get to the cool season when it goes dormant. Okay. Now, if you're going to do sod, uh, same thing. The sod will get started faster than seed will. 
but it depends on how much water you have because you'll have to keep the sod moist for for a bit until it can set roots. Okay. It is a coin toss as to which one is better than the other. I'm going to say that the seed is going to be less expensive than the sod, but the sod will give you an immediate yard. Yes, right. Yeah, and that's what I'm missing is my is my pretty backyard the way it was when I moved in. I've been here nine years, and yeah, it's, uh, it just looks terrible. It makes me sad to go look at it now. Well, your choice, but again, we got to cool down some. So this right. is planning time. Go investigate a couple of the sod shops so that you can get an idea how much it's going to cost and the kind of turf that you have available to you. Um, you can get seed from feed stores. You can get it from the local nurseries, uh, and it will produce a good grass. It's just you want to be ready if you're going to do seed to get it out there as soon as it's going to be safe and right. hope for hope for rain. The what bird, what the, about uh, all the existing roots from the weeds that were out there? These weeds were plumb up over the fence. I mean, it looked terrible. Well, while it is this hot, the only thing you can do is every time you see them start to pop up again, cut them down. Uh-huh. And do I use any herbicide roots? on them or anything? Nah, you. There are ones because you have no grass. There are a lot of good ones that you can use, mm-hmm. um, but in this kind of heat with no water, every time you see a weed start to pop up, either just give it a quick tug and pull it out or cut it back, cut it flush to the ground. You will okay. win that battle. You will win that battle over the weeds. If okay. you're going to use an herbicide, follow the directions. And make sure that you're using it uh, correctly, no overspray, things like that. No, okay. Okay. Okay, well, thank you. That helps a lot. Uh, I'm kind of just on a one-income budget, so I, I need to do this the most economical way I can. And your information has been very helpful. Well, your nurseries, you're in Pflugerville. Green and Growing is up there. You can go up there and talk to them. And they'll tell you about how they can get you Bermuda seed and how much it'll cost. Uh, there are sod shops. Sorry, I don't know one nearby to Pflugerville, but they can tell you how much it, a pallet of sod is like 450 square feet of coverage. So okay. if you know how big your backyard is, you can get a guess as to how many pallets of sod that you're going to need. Okay, well, if. If I didn't need all of it, my front yard is it suffered too. So uh, I, I, I could take the overrun there and use it. But I sure appreciate yep. your time. Very helpful. No problem. No problem, Rick. Thank you for the call and good luck getting that back. Yes, sir. It's, I enjoy listening to your show fun. every Saturday. Thank you. Yeah, folks. Um, Bermuda seed can still be thrown out, not in this super heat. When we start getting close and we look like we're going to get rain again, if we're ever going to get rain again, 
that is okay to put Bermuda out now. It should germinate and set a root. Sod? No way. Wait until we're cooler and we have some rain. Because if you put down sod, you can't water it. We don't have those, the water restrictions. They're like, no, sorry. Uh, you, you can't get enough water to get sod started. So keep that in mind if you're having to green up your turf. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Some reminders. Um, some of our grasses can go dormant in this heat, which means if we could get some rain, or you had the ability to give them sufficient amount of water, which most of us don't, um, they can return. They can be beat up and have some brown patches that'll grow out and things like that. But some of our turfs, some zoysias, some uh, bermudas, they can overcome they can overcome this kind of environment. And with water and cooler temperatures, they'll turn green again. Bermuda is known for such ability, its ability to recover. Zoysia, mm, it should do okay. A well-established, either one of those, well-established zoysia, well-established Bermuda, those two should put on a show when we get water again. They should grow back. Now, no doubt about it, folks, you will have some bare patches. There will be places where the turf just went and I give up and quit. But some of it will still be there and properly cared for. You can get it to fill back in. So, Patience, even in this incredible drought, is there's nothing else you can do. You have to just accept this is what we got, and hopefully it will come back. Now, if it doesn't, I don't really suggest that you try to put in more sod or um, more seed if it's very late in the year. This is where you would overseed with ryegrass because ryegrass can grow in much cooler weather, is nice and green, grows thick and dense, and that helps improve the soil by breaking it up. All those roots from the ryegrass, when you mow it, um, that little bit of grass is going to be fertilizer and the roots are going to be there to produce um, a good tilt in the soil and prep it for when you put in um, whatever turf you're going to use, whether by seed or sod. 
So if we're getting too late in the year, you've forgotten, you've gotten a little behind, consider that. Consider overseeding and then in the spring replacing the turf you had, whether regardless of what kind it was, seed or sod. Let's go to the phone. This is Barbara. Barbara, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have two questions. Uh, probably a million questions, but these two questions are, what do you do, what can I do with the ground-up eggshells that I've been doing to put in my garden? I'm not sure when to put them in, how to put them in, and what good they do for the garden. That's one. And the other one is my fig tree, which has survived all these freezes and is suffering right now. It's starting to crinkle up a lot of its leaves. And uh, I'm just wondering what special things I might be able to do for my fig tree. Let's go with the eggshells first. Okay. As you, col as you collect them and you grind them up, however that may be, either bare hand or mortar and pestle, however you do it, you can apply that, dust it on the top of the soil at any time of the year. It won't be a fertilizer. It's going to be a high calcium uh, soil amendment. And calcium moves slowly and eggshells take forever to really break down. So you can start using it pretty much anywhere. It will not harm the soil. It will not harm the plant. It won't burn anything. And it will just make sure that you have uh, a good calcium source for the plant. So if you're doing this, save them up. Put them out whenever you're headed out and got uh, time. Pick a plant. Give it a good dusting of the shells uh, around its root zone. Tomorrow or the next day or whenever, go to another plant and do the same. Okay, that sounds good. I can do that. Although now, everything in my garden is dead right now. <laughs> yeah. You my know, fig that's tree okay. is the one thing that's still living and doing producing wonderful figs which I can sell to people I do and eat myself um, I don't even know what kind of fig tree it is but it's been amazing it's come back from these freezes and everything I guess it will survive this too yeah but now, about what would you, that. anything you recommend yeah anything water. you recommend for me for that tree water when you yeah. can okay. That, yeah. that would be something, a soaker hose under it. Figs do not have super deep roots, so you want to try to keep them mulched, to keep them cool, to retain the water in the soil. But um, that would be something I would look at. And there is, I, I'm not sure if it's a rust or some kind of fungus disease, but figs, in this kind of heat, you're going to see them turn ugly leaf and start dropping some leaves. Don't be scared of it. If it survived the freezes, it should survive this heat. But like I said, some moisture, some mulch underneath it to keep that soil cool, to keep whatever moisture you have in the soil, and that fig will turn much happier. 
Oh, great. Thank you. Well, that's what I'll do. I've got plenty of mulch all around my place because we ground up a lot of dead cedars from the the big freeze and all that. So I should have ample sources of mulch. And um, I will, I've been carrying water from the sink to, you know, like by the gallon buckets to the big mm-hmm. tree because some um, of the water, it doesn't, I mean, some of the hoses, some of the well is, seems like it's low. It's hard for me to be able to trust how much water I've got to use. Uh, I do have got a it. rainwater collection system, but I haven't figured out how to make my rainwater system drain uphill. I've been using it gravity uh. drain to fill the horse trough, but I haven't figured out how to get it to drain uphill, which is the way it would have to go to the fig tree. So contact anyway, any challenges. <laughs> yep. I'll talk about it on the other side of how you can pump water uphill. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. (laughs) I need to take a break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Getting, getting through this particular summer is all kinds of effort for us. We're going to lose plants. We're going to lose some well-established older plants. Not that we want to, not by any means, but this kind of abusive environment is going to make us earn our money when it comes to plant care. It is going to really take your effort to sit down and consider which plants are not worth the effort. Which plants, if we have this exact condition next year, are you going to still be able to take care of them? Do we get water restrictions even earlier if we don't get any rain? And will those plants make it? Start looking and reviewing those things. Start looking to see, you know this plant over here? It looks terrible during the summer and it's just really not that important to me when it is growing. Look at something that can manage the season. There are plenty of Texas natives, or at least you could say Texas adapted plants that will do great here. They can give you color. They can give you a a beautiful bloom. They can, when you get them established, if you can get them in right away in the fall properly, when they get established, they may not need supplemental water. I have lots of plants that the only water they get is what falls from the sky, and uh, there hasn't been any of that at my place in more than a month. And the heat is still brutal, but the plants are going on about their business like they're just fine. My yopons are getting bigger. My uh, mountain laurels, not bothered. I even have um, almond verbenas. Now, they're not blooming as much, but they're still growing. 
there are lots of plants that are less of a demand on the environment and just as beautiful, maybe even more beautiful. There are ones that you can get that can keep up a bloom all year long. And they're not begging for water all the time. They're able to handle our heat. Those are the goals we should be looking for. Because this is not a freak event. Granted, we set all kinds of new records for how hot it has been and how many days in a row that we've had 100 plus degree temperatures. We're going to bypass 2011. Those of you who lived here during 2011 can remember how bad that actually was. We're going to surpass surpass that. And the worst part about it is we don't have a clue as to whether that this was a unique situation or whether this is going to become the pattern. This is what we plan to see more and more often. And I'm betting on we're going to see this more and more often. So to keep your place looking good, start looking at those plants that are taking your time, that are taking too much water to keep them looking good. When fall comes and it cools off, start replacing them. Start putting in things that can handle what we're seeing right now. There's lots of them. There are lots of high temperature plants that grow here, that actually thrive here. So take the time, rather than be out in the garden in this heat, which I guess if you want to, go for it. But take the time when you're inside, look out the window with a cool drink, look at your landscape and decide, no, that plant's that's not doing it for me anymore. Um, That one's going to get replaced. For those of you looking for a guide, a good one is... um, the Grow Green Guy, the Native Texas Plants Guide, an excellent choice uh, by uh, Sally Wasowski. It has plants for every part of Texas. And it will tell you, try this plant in this heat. This plant blooms at this time of the year, so try that. And it should work here. There are so many guides for uh, dry climates, which we're going to start having dry climates, and high temperatures. The Native Texas Plants. Wonderful book. It's a almost a coffee table book. It's so pretty with the uh, pictures of the plants it has in it. 
Now, the Grow Green Guide is the Central Texas Guide for Plants that will grow here. Now, the Grow Green Guide will tell you this plant is a um, you know, medium to high water user. Ignore that if you don't think you're going to have the ability to take care of it. It will tell you lots of the plants that are low water use and can manage just fine. Now, somebody asked the question, which zone did Austin move up to? We were basically a zone eight and we moved to a zone 8.5 and nine. The biggest gain was from mid Williamson County all the way up to near Fort Worth, picked up almost a whole zone. And a zone, a half a zone, is about 10 degrees warmer. Meaning, remember, zone tells you what's the average minimum temperature. Doesn't tell you the max. Tells you the average minimum temperature. And Austin area picked up about half a zone. Williamson County North picked up almost a full zone over that 30-year period of when they made the map. I uh, got a text about pine needles. Um, this person lives in Bastrop County, and they've got a lot of the dry pine needles. How can they decompose them faster? Well, if you're looking just to get rid of them, uh, Try Craigslist. Tell people, hey, come on out. You rake them, you can have them. If that is not what you're looking for, if you have a pile of pine needles, you want to make available uh, greens and browns to go in the pile with it. Greens being like um, cut up uh, salad stems and uh, broccoli stems, cabbage cores, the green organic material, which is higher in nitrogen. And brown material, well, dead leaves, the pine needles themselves can be brown uh, materials. Coffee grounds are a perfect middle. They are high carbon, like a brown would be, but they also have an amount of nitrogen in them. So coffee grounds are excellent to use in your compost pile. Coffee grounds are so good, you can use them directly. Uh, you can use them directly on the soil. They'll do just fine. They won't burn a thing. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Um, hot weather, hot weather, hot weather just is endless. Now, someone uh, sent a text, and this is a good idea, folks. You just have to understand something about it. Now, they collect the condensate from their AC unit. 
and they use the water on their shrubs and grass. Yes, it is usually very clean water. But that being said, if you remember the big Legionnaire's disease issue, Legionnaire's disease uh, grew in the condensation of that hotel's AC unit. So the water was infected with the Legionnaire's disease. Can that happen here? I do not know. I do not have an answer for that. I'm simply telling you to think about what you're doing. I use mine. There's a rose bush that is um, in the area and it's big and beautiful. It looks great. And it is managed to do well in this heat because I have the condensate from the air unit going to the rose. But I don't use it on food crops. I don't use it on the food crops. Um, that's your call. Uh, that is your call. And um, it can be a tough one to decide. Let's go to the phone. This is Sherry. Sherry, what can I help you with? Hi, yeah, I got a question. Um, in case we get another really bad freeze this coming winter, is there something that we can do now to help these stressed trees, the oaks, the crepe myrtles, or you know, any kind of tree, in preparation so that maybe they can survive a really bad freeze like what we've had? Yes. The application of seaweed solution, either as a drench over the root zone or use a hose end sprayer and foliar feed the plant about once a month if you're doing the drench. Uh, if you can manage twice a month if you're doing the foliar spray and do it every month right up through the freezes that okay. product okay. that product will help keep the plant from freezing to death so it's easy to do and simple and you can find it at any nursery and start that now then yes ma'am you can uh it'll help it handle this heat but it will also help it handle the cold so if you start okay. now, it starts building up in the plant, and it's more likely to survive. All right, fantastic. And how, for your average oak tree, well-established oak tree, um, how if it's a drench, how much would you drench it? A, a, an inch worth, uh, or you know, how, how would you measure that? Okay, just to keep things simple. I would take a five gallon bucket, fill it with water, fill it with the correct amount of seaweed solution, give it a quick stir, and then I would start pouring that uh, around the drip line of the tree. That would be how I would be soaking it. Okay. If I had time and desire, maybe I do two buckets worth or three, depending on the size of the tree. 
but at least one bucket worth on your trees will really help them out. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Sherry. Sherry brings up a good point here, folks. That is something we can be doing starting now. A seaweed solution becomes cumulative in the plant. That's one of the reasons why if you start now and you do that every other week foliar spray or you do the once a month drenching, it will build up and as the weather gets hotter than cooler than whatever, the trees, the plants, they'll all be uh, much better adapted to this terrible, terrible news. Uh, what we've been dealing with um, what we've been dealing with has been just terrible. And this is a simple, relatively inexpensive way to prep your plants, whether it's a tree, a shrub, a rose, a flower, your veggie garden. Providing the seaweed solution and letting it build up will really help all of those plants as we go through these swings in temperature. So we're hoping for the best, hoping, but we are taking what we can get. Now, what can you do other than um, other than seaweed, seaweed is really one of the best. It does not uh, it does not harm anything. It's not truly a macronutrient fertilizer. So if you are using only seaweed in your garden and wondering why you're not getting good growth, that's because you need more fertilizer than just seaweed. So what do we do? Um, what do we do? Well, to keep the plants surviving, it's like first aid in a bottle. Seaweed is the most cost-effective benefit you can provide. If you can do that, like I said, a foliar feed twice a month, a drench once a month, and do it every month. By the time we get to cold weather, assuming we get to cold weather, your plants will be able to handle colder temperatures. They'll be better established. They'll have better root zones. They'll have the ability to deal with this cold. And during the winter and spring, if you keep using it, it will work to help them deal with this kind of heat and drought. And that will keep them happy and smiling and better able 
to handle what we're getting. Uh, someone's asking, uh, is it good for all trees and fruit trees? You bet. Seaweed will work on all plants. If it grows, seaweed can benefit it. When would you do a spray? You would like to do it when the stomas are open. That's the way a plant breathes. They're like pores in a leaf. The cooler the temperature during the summer is the best time to do it. We're technically still too hot, and a drench would be more effective. But when we start to get 70-degree air temperatures at night, that is a great time to be spraying the seaweed. It'll be easy for the plant to pick it up, so that would be early morning, and it will be much more effective. So things go things go crazy and, and, and get to be difficult for us. Now, I'll tell you the truth. For 90% of my plants, 99% of my plants, they're roughing it. I pretty much told them, look, you're on your own. If you make it, great. I'll take good care of you in the fall. I'll do great things for you in the spring, and you get to hang around. If you can't manage in this weather, I'm sorry, I'm not going to throw you a life preserver. I can't run my water, and I'm not going to be out in this heat. Sorry. If you are, good for you. Please, sunshield, uh, drink plenty of fluids, stay nice and cool if you're out there working in this, but... Um, I choose not to, and I am still going to have gorgeous, beautiful plants blooming throughout my property. They will look great, and um, I'll keep them around and keep them as happy as I can. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're going to repeat heat for many more days, so be careful out there. I will talk to you all tomorrow at 8 a.m. Try to have a great weekend day.